Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the month of September. Can you believe it? Here we are in the month of September already. This is the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm so glad that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be here today. We want to encourage you and so much the more from the scriptures as we see the day approaching of the Lord Jesus Christ's soon return via the rapture and then the revelation. So you are listening to WXAN Radio in Ava, Illinois at 103.9 FM or on the internet at www.wxanradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on Listen Live. And we're glad you're tuned in today. It is September the 2nd, 11 o'clock on Central Standard Time. And uh, so honored that you're tuned in today. I got a lot to say, so we're going to get right into it today. Do want you to pray for Brother Danny, WXAN Radio, and the good staff here. Financially support them, please. Pray for Dorinda Brett and I. We're doing fantastic, and we're honored to be able to share God's Word with you. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. Jesus is Good Tidings, and we're here to lift him up and exalt him today. So let's open our Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew chapter number 18. I want to speak to you today on a message entitled, Don't Look Now, But Your Attitude is Showing. Don't Look Now, But Your Attitude is Showing. And we're going to deal specifically with the attitude of unforgiveness. The attitude of unforgiveness. Matthew chapter number 18. And I draw your attention to verse number 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21. God's holy word, the Bible says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not but went and cast him into prison till he shall pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that was saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35 of Matthew 18. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts 
Forgive not everyone, his brother, their trespasses. The attitude of unforgiveness. I'm starting a series of messages today for the next few weeks. The the series is called Don't Look Now, But Your Attitude is Showing. Today we're going to deal with the attitude of unforgiveness. Folks, as night follows day and day follows night, God still lives and the Bible is right. Now, by way of introduction, more than any story in the Bible, this account sets forth the law of Christ's forgiveness. This is what Jesus Christ demands for forgiveness. No one, after reading this passage of Scripture, can rightly say that they do not understand the biblical requirements of forgiving and being forgiven. This was the law, okay? This portion of Scripture, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, this was the law in those days for unpaid debts. So if you had debts that were unpaid, then you could be sold. Verse 23 said that, verse 24, that if they didn't have to pay in verse 25, they all that they had could be sold. That's their family and so on and so forth. And as we go down through this story here in Matthew 18 of God's holy word, then we see what takes place. Verse number 27 talks about how the Lord, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. The servant was begging for forgiveness and humbled himself and said, Lord, I'll pay you. Just give me, give me time. Be patient with me. And verse 27 said, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. This is what Jesus Christ did for us. He had compassion on us. He forgave us. He loosed us from the debt. And that song says, there was a time on earth when in the book of heaven, an old account was standing for sin yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. I'm glad to report to you that on June the 18th of 1990, I trusted Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. And God forgave me of my sin debt, past, present, and future. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. He died for all of our sins, and that was past, present, and future, folks. His precious blood atoned for my sins. And I haven't got over that today. Oh, I've not always been what I need to be, and I've backslid before. No, I didn't lose my salvation. My fellowship was tainted, but my salvation was secure. Because the Bible says what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. God sealed me through the blood of Jesus Christ and gave me eternal and everlasting life. My fellowship was tarnished, but my relationship with God as a father to a son didn't change. And God revived me and brought me back. And I'm grateful because I ask for that. I desire that. And my encouragement to you today is this. If you know you've been saved by God's grace, but you've gotten away from Jesus Christ and the teachings of the Word of God and the church and the things of God, then ask God to forgive you. Repent of that. In other words, change your mind and see yourself as a backslidden Christian and ask God to restore to you the joy, the fellowship of walking with him. And ask God to revive your spirit 
and put God first in your life and obedience to the Holy Scriptures and God first again, and God will revive your spirit and put your feet back on a straight path and bless you in, in all forms of life. So today, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, then bow your head and ask him to be your personal Savior. But folks, if you do, Put him first and foremost in your life. And then guard your attitude. Today we're going to deal with the attitude of unforgiveness. So in Matthew chapter 18, we see what took place. In verse number 28, this servant whom the Lord had forgiven, in verse 27, completely and fully, now this particular servant who's just been forgiven goes out and finds a guy who owes him money. And instead of forgiving that guy, he literally takes a man by the throat and said, no, you owe me money. He wasn't showing this man the same compassion that had just been shown to him. He took him by the throat. And in verses 31 through 34, we find out that this guy, he, he, takes, he has this man thrown in jail until he can pay everything that he can. And then in verse number 35, Jesus gives us a solemn warning. And this is what we got to listen to today, Christians. Jesus said in verse 35, about unforgiveness. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. That means husbands and wives, wives and husbands. That means adult children to parents, parents to adult children, parents, uh, uh, grandparents to grandchildren. If you've offended someone, you should call them and ask for forgiveness. God wants to bless your life, and you're not happy because you have a, a, a debt out there that's not paid in the sense that you need to ask for someone to forgive you. God wants to forgive you, but first you have to ask for forgiveness. So if you've offended someone, ask for their forgiveness and mean it. And if someone asks you for forgiveness, then from your heart, mean it and give them forgiveness. You see, we have to forgive or we will not be forgiven is what Jesus said in verse 35. You say, preacher, you don't know what they did to me. Preacher, you don't know what she said about me. Preacher, he took the kids and you don't know what he did. He bankrupted our account. You don't know about the affairs he had going on. You don't know about the pornography. You don't know about the gambling. You don't know about the alcohol. You don't know about, and whatever it may be that you want to list. No, but God does. But you still have an incumbent biblical responsibility as a Christian to forgive. And that's what this message is about. Don't look now, but your attitude is showing. The attitude of unforgiveness. Folks, that's why Christians aren't happy. Filled with unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. Folks, God's going to settle all scores. Remember that. No one gets away with anything in this life. God will settle all scores, but we must never be guilty of the idea of unforgiveness. We must always forgive as Christians, or if we don't, we'll pay the consequences, and the consequences are brutal. I promise you, I understand that personally. So one of the ugliest sights in the world is a Christian filled with bitterness, animosity, and anger toward another Christian. Churches toward preachers, preachers toward churches that have done them wrong. And that works both ways. Preachers have done churches wrong and churches have done preachers wrong. And Christians have been obliterated. The devil stands back and laughs because he was the instigator of all that. 
and we fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Amen. But God wants to restore and revive. But it's an ugly sight. It's an ugly picture. A Christian filled with bitterness and anger. And it'll blow your life apart. It'll ruin your life and your testimony. So ask God to forgive you. Let all bitterness and anger and clamor, the Bible says in Hebrews, be put away from you with all malice. Now, folks, an attitude of unforgiveness is the most soul-destroying indulgence of which a person can be guilty. After pastoring as long as I have and working in the ministry as long as I have, I'm convinced that one of the first sins that will be revealed at the judgment seat of Christ, that's the judgment for believers, born-again believers, the judgment seat of Christ, is the ugly attitude of an unforgiving spirit. You see, folks, Christianity is built upon two foundations, giving and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. So, folks, if God is dealing with your heart this morning about unforgiveness, you need to realize you can't live the abundant life if you're filled with ugliness, an unforgiving spirit. You can't do it. You won't do it. The Holy Spirit won't let you do it. Conviction is speaking to your heart. God is wanting you to confess that as sin and get the cleansing and get the victory over an unforgiving spirit. Don't look now, but your attitude is showing. And that's an unforgiving spirit. And people recognize it. Your family recognizes it. Your church recognizes it. People in the grocery store recognize it. The checkout clerk who deals with you recognizes it. Now, there are some three thoughts I want to share with you today, three major thoughts about an unforgiving attitude, the attitude of unforgiveness. Number one, jot these down. Forgiveness is a basic principle taught in the Word of God. There are three things about forgiveness that we must understand. Number one, forgiveness is the foundation upon which Christianity is built. Someone said, and they were right, the two distinguishing marks of a Christian are giving and forgiving. In the Garden of Eden, Satan drove a wedge between God and man, and that wedge is called sin. God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, said it's beautiful. You can partake of any tree of the Garden of Eden, but the one in the middle of the midst of the garden, leave it alone. Adam took and he sinned against God, and that drove a wedge between him and God. And Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The reason you're not getting blessed in your life, Christian, is because you have sin, and you need to confess that sin, repent of that sin, and forsake that sin and ask God to give you the victory. It's the sin of an unforgiving spirit. Now, folks, every human being has been affected by sin. Adam sinned. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. Adam sinned against God in the garden, and he cursed the human race with sin. We're infected with a sin nature when we are born. Every child has it. We understand that. There are no exceptions when it comes to human the human race being tainted by sin. There are no exceptions. There are no exclusions. There are no excuses. You're born with a sinful nature. That's why you must be born again through faith in Jesus Christ and washed in his blood and forgiven by God through Jesus. 
Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, folks, God offered his plan of redemption. And God said, Here is my plan for forgiveness, mankind. And we note that in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Twenty-five words that are written in red. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19 says this, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the world, the word rather, the word of reconciliation. Folks, God made the plan of salvation so he could forgive man. He didn't have to, but he loved us so much he did that. God is the author of forgiveness. And today, we see that in the studies of the Scripture. In Acts chapter 10, here's Peter, a Jew. He's been converted through faith in Christ, and he's asked now to share the gospel with the Gentiles. That's not what he wanted to do, but God instructed him to do that. And then over in Acts chapter 13, we see Paul later walking through that door. So Peter opened the door to the Gentiles of sharing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ with the Gentiles. And then we now see Paul walking through that as a Gentile when he trusted Christ as Savior himself on that road to Damascus. And then in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we see Paul saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. God opened the door to the Jews of redemption through Jesus Christ and his blood atonement to the Jews, and then through the Jews it was open to the Gentile world. That's why we are saved today. God's plan of forgiveness. So what did God do about our condition, our circumstance, and our state as human beings steeped in sin? He condescended to our lowest state in Jesus, in the person and the form of Jesus Christ, and Jesus interposed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary and reconciled us to God. Nothing can redeem your sin but the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are forgiven today, forgiven of our sins, and sealed because of Jesus Christ and the blood atonement that he paid as a sacrificial death on the cross his vicarious suffering, his, uh, his burial, and in his third day resurrection. So we see, as we consider the first major point, that forgiveness is a basic principle taught in the Word of God. Well, we see three things about forgiveness, and that forgiveness is the foundation upon which Christianity is built. Number two, we see that the biblical principles about forgiveness. Consider biblical principles about forgiveness. And that is this. What should we forgive? Well, that's a good question. And Jesus is our example. You know that I love to quote Jesus, so I'm going to quote Jesus here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, rather, Peter tells us about Jesus. Verse 22, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So what happened? When we are offended or how should we respond? There are three basic principles about forgiveness. What should we forgive? 
and Jesus being our example, he was reviled, he reviled not. He didn't even threaten when he was done that way. And he's, Jesus is the greatest authority that ever walked on the face of the earth. Isaiah 53 says he was bruised for our iniquities. He was, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus did not go back and retaliate, and he's our example. How did Jesus respond when these inhumane things were being done to him? Well, in Luke 23 and verse 34, then said Jesus, Father, and he's our example, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Christians, we're being conformed into Jesus' image, and we should react as he did. He forgave those who offended him. Now, how often should we forgive? Well, in Luke 17 and verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Remember, Jesus is our example. Go back to our text, Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 21 and 22. What Peter says, Peter said unto him, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee till seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now, I'm no mathematician, but seventy times seven equals four hundred and ninety. So if you're counting those numbers, oh, I can forgive up to 490 times and then I can get even with them, then you're not forgiving. Because the lesson is this, we are to continue forgiving until our attitude of unforgiveness becomes an attitude of forgiveness. That's what the lesson is about 70 times 7. We are to continue forgiving until our attitude of unforgiveness becomes an attitude of forgiveness. Well, thirdly, who should initiate the act of forgiveness? Well, someone said, there is no more gracious victory that can be gained over another man than this. When the injury began on his part, the forgiveness should begin on our part. End of quote. No greater victory can be gained over another man than this. When the injury began on, our, on his part, the forgiveness began on our part. Wow, that's powerful. Christian, we are the ones who should initiate the forgiveness, both logically and scripturally. I've counseled a lot of people, and I've been counseled as well, biblically and spiritually. When we're offended, we should initiate the forgiveness. If you know that you've offended someone, Jesus said, what? Don't bring your gift to the altar and offer it until you first get reconciled to your brother. You're missing the blessings in your life, my friend, because you will not forgive and you will not ask for forgiveness. God help us. We're missing this beautiful, precious thing called the abundant life because we're too proud to ask someone to forgive us for a bad moment we had. Christian, we should initiate the forgiveness. And the lesson is this. If someone has wronged you, you should reach out to that person. And you as a Christian, if you've wronged someone else, offended them with your tongue, you should ask forgiveness of them. Initiate it. This is what God did. Remember what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19 said, To wit, 
that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He didn't have to do this. He didn't offend anybody. We offended him through our sin. But God reached out first through Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, and displayed his love to us. That love that put Jesus on the cross to pay for our sins and shed his blood, to be buried and then resurrected the third day, and that we will call upon him by faith and ask him to save us, he will save us. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Bow your head right now from the sincerity of your heart and ask Jesus to save you. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I am trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. And when you do that, the Bible says you've been born again spiritually. You see, friends, now you're a Christian. Now you'll go to heaven. But now you can follow Jesus. He wants you to pattern your life after him. And he forgave. Someone said to error is human and to forgive is divine. When a friend makes a mistake, folks, don't rub it in. Rub it out. Rub it out. Forgive them. Now, time is escaping us. Don't look now, but your attitude is showing. It's the attitude of unforgiveness. My friend asked God to forgive you of the attitude of unforgiveness and that mean-spirited bitterness that comes along with it. And he will, and he'll restore you and put the joy back in your heart. You need to forgive someone, forgive them. You need to ask someone's forgiveness, ask them. Do it today. Call them on the phone. Ask their forgiveness. Folks, don't look now, but your attitude is showing. The attitude of unforgiveness. That's what's important in this life, to live the abundant life. Jesus is coming, and he's coming one day soon. And this life is too short to be angry and bitter. And I wasted some time like that. I understand that. It's no good. It's not God-ordained. It's not God-planned. It's not what God wants. And my friend, are you dealing with unforgiveness? Ask God to forgive you, and he will. Ask those who you've offended to forgive and be right with God and let him restore the joy back in your life. It could be a spouse to a spouse. It could be a, 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 a grandparent to a grandchild. It could be a friend to a friend. It could be a church member to a church member. It doesn't matter. But what's important is that you are willing to forgive because God forgave you. Remember, the servant in our text, the man in our text, he asked the Lord to forgive him because he couldn't pay. And that Lord was moved with compassion and forgave him the debt. And then that man turned around and found the guy who owed him money and took him by the throat. Don't be this person in our text of Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Forgive as Jesus did. God forgave you. Now you forgive someone else and live the abundant life. Again, don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness. Don't be too proud. Let God bless you. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. If I can be a blessing to you, you would like to speak to me, give me a phone call. My number is 618-499-8761. 618-499-8761. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, I've got some free literature I'd like to send you. Give me a call or shoot me an email at drdave. One three at gmail.com. So keep looking up. Jesus is coming. This has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast on WXAN Radio. God bless you. Good tidings, everyone. Oh, yes. hey.